0: everybody. I'm Melissa Bonzek, and welcome to episode 77 of Books Cubed, the show where I chat with authors you should be reading. It is Thursday. Yes, <laughs> September 17th, 2020. And there's no interview this week because this week we're doing writing prompts. Yay! Uh, I need crowd noise there because my yay is pretty pathetic. We have guests on this week, and we are going to use Uh, the uh, writing prompt series that Lisa Mahoney and I co-wrote, where you roll dice to create a prompt. And uh, just like the last time we did this, we rolled for one prompt. We rolled first to find out what genre we were going to use. And then we rolled and we used the same prompt for all four of us. And it was a lot of fun. I had a great time. And I think you will too. I'll see you after. Okay. Uh, I am recording. Uh, We'll just, since you have some place you have to be, at what time do you need to leave? Uh, One. One. So we will jump in and we will start. And Tim has got dice, so he's going to roll. And then uh, I'll get you, Lisa, to do the, if you have the books nearby.
1: Yeah, which one are we using?
0: I don't know. Why don't you roll the dice, Tim, and we'll see which book we're using. Six. Six. We're using the genre mashup. So it's a little bit everything. Good one, good one.
2: Yeah, I like that one. Uh. Really worried it would be romance.
0: Yeah, and and since we've already started recording um, and I didn't introduce anybody, I have Lisa, my co-author, Lisa Mahoney with me. We have Tony Bruno back because he was so much fun last time. And we have Kim Tim Caviar, Kavir. Oh, say your name, please. Kiver. Kiver. And I massacred it. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tim. Tim writes Lit RPG, you said?
3: Yes, that's right. The RPG with the science fiction fantasy mashup. So, I'm I'm right at home here with our queue.
0: Oh, fantastic! And then when we're done, you can point everybody to your books and things when we're finished. Okay, so Lisa will randomly. We're going to be working be working with the genre mashup book today. So Lisa will randomly pop open a page.
1: All right, we ready?
0: Okay, you're gonna roll the dice for us, Tim.
1: This is, um, do you want me to just tell you the three things we're rolling for or wait?
0: Yeah, yeah, what three things are we rolling for today?
1: All right, so we have a character. Okay. A
0: trait. Okay.
1: A location.
0: A location. All right, so go ahead and roll the
1: dice, Tim.
3: And first is one.
1: All right, a college student. Okay. Six Neurotic. <laughs> <laughs> okay, two. So, two? Yes, a bonfire. Okay, bonfire. okay.
0: and um. We're going to go ahead and uh, start writing, and uh, don't worry if you are listening on the podcast or watching, we cut this part out, so you don't have to sit and watch us for 20 minutes or so. We're going to start with 20. Um, I'll set my timer for 20 minutes, and then um, most likely I will plead for a little bit extra time just because that's the way I am. Hang on, let me restart it. Okay, I want to, everybody go ahead and open up your page you will be writing on, so you don't lose any time.
1: Yeah, no, don't. I need a pen.
0: Uh-oh.
2: Tell me when we can start.
0: And... Hang on. We'll let Lisa get her pen.
2: Yeah, I am drawing a friggin' blank right now, guys. Just oh, just... oh,
0: I'm always drawing a blank. Always.
2: Completely friggin'
0: blank. Of course, my head goes immediately to the same thing every time. I'll see if I can do something different this time. All right, everybody ready? Ready. Good. Okay, I will let you know when it's been 20 minutes. Right. Okay, that's 20. Does it, anybody need more time? I'm actually Three done. More. Three
2: more. Three more okay, minutes.
0: Okay, I'll set it for five more. Uh, I'm almost there. That's five. You guys need five more?
2: I need yes. two
1: seconds. Yeah. Oh. Five.
0: five. <laughs> okay, I'm done. How's everybody else doing?
1: I just need like I'm gonna wrap it up. It's it makes no sense, but I'm wrapping it up anyway.
0: <laughs> I know that feeling.
1: <laughs> I once again, put in four pages.
0: <laughs> wow. So, i I might have two hundred words.
2: <laughs> um, I have um. <laughs> one thousand one hundred and twelve words.
0: I wonder how I find words on this format.
3: Tempted to pad it there, uh, but uh, 1,002 words is what I got. Awesome! Awesome! Nice. All right, I'm done.
0: Okay, great. So
1: everybody's done.
2: Yappers.
0: Oh, fantastic!
2: Who would like to read (laughs) first?
1: Um, I'll go first because it's awful, so I don't want to follow any one of you people who probably have something extraordinary. (laughs) That's fine. You You took my
0: line. Okay, go ahead.
1: (laughs) Okay, so we had College Student Neurotic and Bonfire. Sebastian closed his history book and put it on the makeshift shelf. He had to make do or he had to make it work living in the sparse crummy dorms. At home, he had a large oak desk his grandfather made for him and had mounted shelves lining the wall. Each of his collected history books from the epic siege of World War II to a people's history of the United States to Band of Brothers to World War II at sea were arranged alphabetically. If groups had similar titles, they simply had to be color coded. Once, his cousin, runt of a child, took some out and put them back in the wrong place. Sebastian knew it as soon as he entered his room. His mother berated him at dinner for the swearing she heard coming from his room. Now, here he was in a tiny room with no shelves, no space. He had to leave most of his books at home, of course, but he had acquired a few new ones from the bookstore clearance shelf. When his roommate, a scrawny kid with a face and a perpetual question mark from California or Oregon or somewhere, Sebastian didn't really care, invited him to the 1001 inane college let's get to know who's on campus events, Sebastian declined. He'd much rather stay in and read. Just before Thanksgiving, the Northern Florida air turned slightly brisk. And as Sebastian walked from D Hall back to his room, a redheaded girl with a splattering of freckles down her forearms jumped in front of him and handed him a flyer. He tried to not take it, but she let go and the paper fluttered, to the e- fluttered in the evening breeze. He hated litter, so he scrambled to retrieve it. Nice catch, she yelled as she skipped off, giggling. Sebastian read it and, and felt his insides flutter meeting of the historical minds tonight, 9 pm bonfire at the Riverwalk. He hurried across the lawn thinking that a sorry thinking that a reread of the American Civil War could wait. It was his first college event, one that actually made sense, one that had him excited. He had just about an hour to tidy his room and grab his warmer jacket. He pulled several books off his um, crate of a shelf and lay them across his bed, debating which he might tuck into his inner pocket to bring out for some stimulating discussion. The time approached. He grabbed Battle Cry of Freedom and his gloves. He thought of the redhead and wondered if she'd be there. He hadn't noticed her before, hadn't really noticed many people but now thought she was cute and if she was into history, he could quite possibly be in love. The crackle of the wood alerted him to being close. His stomach flipped thinking about one, his nervousness at attending an event with strangers, two, the freckles and giggle of red and three, discussing history. As he approached, he discovered a group of a group of people all holding beers, dancing around in togas with Albert Einstein wigs on. Music, rap of all the vile cacophony was blaring from a Bluetooth speaker. His energy fell to the earth. What nonsense, no history, drinking and dancing. What an utter waste of time. He planted his feet into the dewy grass about a hundred yards from the shenanigans as he pivoted to leave the redhead raised her hand with an earnest smile on her face he didn't return the gesture but instead reached for the book in his pocket burning with longing oh. sorry now i feel sad yeah i know me too oh.
2: I'm, I'm a sucker so i wanted them to get together
1: yes.
0: No, that was good. I like that. I like that. I struggled, but anyway. Did you know (laughs) know when you started? Did you have an idea of what you wanted to write? No. No. Okay. Who's next? I'll go. Okay. (laughs) We elect you. (laughs) Okay. See, I have no title. I never do. Jamie Hansen paced in front of H. Hall, trying to decide what to do next. The sun was already up, and it wouldn't be long before students would start heading out for runny scrambled eggs, fatty bacon, and 8 a.m. classes. She checked her cell phone again. No message from Emily. Then she checked the news. No No mention of Emily. Probably because she was in the back of a squad car or in a holding cell surrounded by pimps and drug dealers. Should she wait? Yes. She pocketed her cell and started pacing again. No, she couldn't. What if they'd made Emily talk? She dug a coin out of her pocket and flipped it in the air, then searched for it in the grass. Heads, sort of. She'd go with that. She gave her phone another glance, then headed for the nearest trash can. She lifted off the lid, dumped in the contents of her backpack, and struggled with the match. It caught on the fifth try. She tossed it in and took a step back, watching the the flames hungrily lap up the pages and send little bits of curled black embers into the air. Then her phone buzzed with a text from Emily. All replaced. Shit, it had worked. Jamie watched a little scrap of white paper, its black edges still smoldering, rise up out of the can and drift her way, bold letters still visible on the page. Econ 101, final exam. Shit, summer school again. (laughs)
1: <laughs> That's really good. Like,
0: I uh,
2: I like, really like that one.
0: Oh. Yeah, I had, Noah, had no clue what to write, and I was I saw Tony at one point do this, and I thought I'm feeling the exact same thing. I yeah. got nothing.
2: I, I'm, <clears throat> I'm 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 anxious for, for. I'm sorry, I couldn't. I don't. I can't read your name on my screen. It's so small. Tim, um, Tim, I'm, you, Tim, I'm you, anxious to hear yours. <laughs> You want to go? I can go next.
3: You want to go next,
0: Tim?
2: Sure. sure. Let's do
3: this. Oh, I didn't think to make a name.
0: Oh, that's okay. Nobody ever titles them. Sometimes they do.
3: Okay, so I told you guys I write lit RPGs. So here's your uh, mm-hmm. here's your first taste. If you haven't had uh, read that before, Jerry hated the dark. Their camping trip was a loss on their last D&D that forced him out here, and now he was forced to sit by the campfire while his friends slept. He tried to think of ways to advance his character, but if the goal was to avoid attracting creatures of the night, it didn't make much sense to wander away from the campfire and practice attacks with his walking stick. He put together his fourth s'more, pressing the smoldering marshmallow into the two sides of his graham crackers and single layer of Hershey's. Honestly, he was getting a little sick from the last three, but it was about 2 AM and he figured he needed the sugar. A flashback of three hours earlier forced him into a rigid pose. His finger tapped nervously on the stick. He set it down as memories played over of the mysterious flash that had lit the forest at Dell's Park. White and yellow static had supercharged everything from grass to the insides of the dark clouds. A message had appeared in his vision as though turning his life into a video game with quest prompts. (laughs) Welcome to the Cypher. Default class is Camper. Optional class is Stick Figure. Or I'm sorry, (laughs) (laughs) Stick Fighter. Uh, (laughs) That would have been interesting. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I was down for
2: that actually, but go on.
3: (laughs) (laughs) XP, zero out of 100. HP, 90 out of 90. HP is health points. Reach zero and you die. There is no respawn in the cypher. Jerry had moments where his nervousness produced tremors, but that moment was so bad he feared chipping a tooth. We have to get out of here, he told Sam and TJ. But when they returned to the pavilions, a group of campers beat them up and took their stuff. Losing their backpacks had been their only way out. And now they were as deep into the woods as they could be before applying the best they could for outdoor survival methods and made a fire. TJ kept his knife, but Jerry's was in his bag, and Sam hadn't brought any weapons, only board games and snacks, and they called Jerry a nerd. Jerry was given stick fighter when he used his walking stick to club one of the campers across the face, but hadn't hit hard enough to escape, and they had too many to fight with just the three of them, and Jerry weighing a uh, buck-weighing a buck-sixty soaking wet. The clicking of insects and hooting of owls kept him company like a clock teacher keeps you company waiting for your turn to visit the judge he'd never heard of the cipher and so far he hadn't found any of the herbs that he could use for healing so he sat on his log with 50 health points and only 20 out of 100 experience points waiting for the sun to rise and feeling like the next three hours would bring him of every ounce of courage he had left stop it tj shouted jerry jumped off the log and dropped his s'more into the dirt by the fire what TJ rolled over to make himself comfortable. He'd been talking in his sleep. I hate you, TJ. Jerry noticed the knife on TJ's belt and thought, he doesn't need that while he's asleep. Should have offered that after I lost the role and got stuck with guard duty. Jerry carefully crossed their space to kneel and click open the knife pouch's button, then slid the blade free. Class upgrade, knife wielder, level one, XP zero out of a hundred. Item inventory: six-inch Bowie knife. Attack plus seven. Ha! Jerry whispered. Whoo, whoo! Echoed an owl, owl from deep into the forest darkness. Jerry didn't think owls attack or owls attacked animals bigger than them, but they'd also thought the same about the deer that charged after them. His ribs were still sore from when it rammed him with its head. Jerry had never been a violent person. But that deer woke something feral inside him. Kill or be killed. He still had the blood on his shirt from striking it in the head. What's happened to this world? A branch shifted in one of the bushes on the edge of their firelight. Eyes reflected, and then the whites of fangs as a wolf emerged from the woods, growling and staring through Jerry with a killer's intent. Jerry clutched his knife. Hello. Hello. The wolf took a step forward. It's growling, growing louder. Idiot. Jerry didn't know what to do. He looked down and saw his marshmallow stick near his feet. I'm a level 10 hunter. (laughs) The wolf took two steps forward. It woofed and snarled. Two more steps. Jerry slowly bent, eyes on the wolf until he found the stick, then glanced at the fire. Between him and the wolf was a clear path. Sam and TJ were on the right and left of the fire. The sticks inside were small enough. He wondered if the plan forming might work. I said I'm, the wolf charged. Jerry jabbed his stick in the fire and flung a burning stick. Embers sprayed the air between them and the pouncing wolf. The stick struck the wolf in the foreleg and bounced off. Jerry, Sam asked. He and TJ saw the wolf and crawled away from the fire as Jerry felt no other course but to charge right back. He had a small window and if he didn't do, uh, and if he didn't, that wolf would kill him. The burning stick caught brush around their space into a line of fire. Jerry cut left to flank the wolf as its attention shifted to the blaze on its left. The wolf turned back to Jerry and growled. Jerry plunged the knife into its chest with surprising ease. The blade entered as through chicken on a cutting board. He screamed. The wolf's black eyes glared and his fangs rattled with dripping saliva. Jerry stepped back and kicked the knife, shoving the wolf over. Victory, you have defeated a level five wolf, plus 60 XP. <laughs> TJ and Sam took their coats off to smack down the fire while Jerry watched the wolf try to push itself away from his killer. Soon the animal gave in and ceased. Its growl faded into the chorus of insects and the owls returned as well.
1: Hoo, hoo.
3: Jerry, I'm freaking Jerry. Level one wolf killer. (laughs) Yes.
2: Nice. That's good. That was awesome. I have to admit I liked I liked all the, you know, leveling up and everything else because lifelong RPG player. So you were speaking my language there. Oh yeah, (laughs) I noticed that. That That's good.
0: That's cool. Now how about you? Did you have any idea what you were gonna write when you sat down? When you got Uh, the when you got the prompt, I mean.
3: Not that character but um, so I've written uh, four books in a series and just wrote a short story that kind of goes in between two of the books. And so that that moment where the cipher kind of is like an EMP that takes over, I just put Jerry into that situation and hoped I could come up with a, uh, a climax and a finale within the time,
2: so.
0: No, that worked, that worked, that worked really well. Definitely, definitely. Um, okay Tony
2: believe it or not I have a title for this one but it's not original there is a radio show here in Minneapolis where they have a thing called second chance romance which I love the title of so that actually is what I tagged on after I wrote this and to be fair I had no idea where I was going with this so grandma Griffel didn't expect her fishnet stockings to catch fire so easily yeah they were old She got them back when the Matrix was still a thing, and she was pretty sure they could walk away on their own if she let them. But the flash they emitted when they fell into the flames was like something out of the rock shows she used to go to the last time she went to college. Still, it was pretty damn cool, so she stuck up two fingers in a rock-on gesture and jammed out her tongue, determined to seize the day. Then a piece of burning stocking fell on her tongue, and she gagged. Oops, and of course I hit something and I totally blew that. Okay, the old lady's on fire, one of the frat boys. Grandma Griffel was certain she'd changed his diapers way back when, yelled. Then there was a thud and she was on her back, the smell of aquavelva and cheap beer filling her nostrils. I got her, the body on top of her yelled. Then there was that unmistakable lurch, a gag, and the violent, rainbird-like spray of vomit, and she knew her evening had once again fallen apart. Grandma Griffel hadn't wanted to go back to college. She'd worked enough, put one miserable, unthankful step sun through school, and was planning on spending her golden years getting gloriously baked in the Florida sun. Then her husband had dumped her for his lover, a guy named Tim, looked a hell of a lot more girlish than Grandma Griffle ever had, and she'd found herself without money, jobs, a job, or prospects. Still, she was a little worried. Oh, who are we kidding? She was pants-shittingly terrified. But when her pr- then her prayers got answered. Tuition deferment for older than average students, screamed a local college's ads, and she knew her prayers were answered. So back to college she went. She had no idea about her major. She had no interest in becoming a better her. She had no career goals. Nah, Grandma Griffel figured that if life had given her this damned basket of lemons, she'd make herself some layman cello and get shit faced until well, she honestly hadn't thought that far ahead. Then she met her English lit instructor and all of that changed. Randy she laughed every time she thought of his name, was an older guy who she was certain had once been quite a looker. She could imagine what he must have looked like back in the 90s, what with his square jaw and aquiline nose. Oh, he must have had great hair too, because what was left was pretty niceish, and his butt still held up. This was a guy she could connect to. Grandma Griffel decided that she had to have Randy. There was only one problem. She didn't speak whenever he spoke to her. Time and again, the experience went something like this. So Candy, Randy would say. She told him her name was Candy, which was a complete lie. And he either didn't know or didn't care to read a student sheet. What do you think Kafka meant by Samsa turning into a bug? Penis, Grandma Griffel blurted and the class laughed. It didn't matter what Randy said. Whenever he spoke, she panicked. And whenever she panicked, she thought of sex. Maybe she realized that explained a lot about her life. Still, she was obsessed. How could she get with Randy? There had to be a way. Then she heard about the tri Delta bonfire and she knew what to do. You want to wear what? Her stepson asked, horrified. Mini skirt, fishnet, heels, and a Metallica top, Griffel said, sucking on her cigarette. It always gets the guys moving. Yeah, moving away, her stepson retorted. Ha ha, she replied. You got them or not? I'll find them, her stepson muttered. But don't say I didn't warn you. The bonfire had started great. Sure, the younger kids looked at her like she was insane, but she didn't mind. All she could do was stare at Randy watching the way the firelight played against his balding pate. And she knew she wanted, Nate needed him. There's only one problem. Randy kept ignoring her. She walked towards him and he walked away. She scooched next to him and he found another spot to be. I see, Griffel thought. He's one for the chase. Grandma Griffel, we should mention, never, ever knew how to read a room. Still, Randy kept getting away and ignoring her. Finally frustrated, she stripped off her fishnets and threw them into the fire. If this doesn't catch his attention, he thought, nothing will. And now a man was on top of her puking and Grandma Griffel wondered if maybe she should have just thrown in her top instead. Are you all right? The stench of puke washed over her and Grandma Griffel recoiled. Get an Altoids, man, she muttered. Sorry, the guy said he rolled off of her and grandma griffle was shocked to see randy there oh uh she said um don't say penis he warned please grandma griffle nodded yeah about that listen randy interrupted i got to ask do you remember me like at all grandma griffle frowned and her stomach sank why, why why should i we dated for a month randy interrupted Back in 92, we went to see the dead and ended up in Madison, Wisconsin a month later. We were both broke. I had to hitchhike home. We did, she asked. Yes, Randy exclaimed. You ruined my life. Grandma Griffel nodded, but she honestly didn't remember anything he said. Of course, much of the early 90s was kind of a blur, a multicolored, multi-limbed blur. So that wasn't a total surprise. But. You know, I gotta say, Randy said, standing up, "That I'm glad I met you. Really? Grandma Griffle thought, hope blossoming. Really, Randy replied. If it hadn't been for you, I wouldn't have turned my life around. You motivated me to be a better person. How? Grandma <laughs> Griffel replied, shocked. Because I knew I never wanted to end up like you. Randy's face fell the moment he said the words. He held out his hands apologetically. I'm sorry, that was, nah, she said, pulling herself to her feet. I once made a priest get a Prince Albert. I dig what you're laying down. Randy breathed a sigh of relief. So, um, we're okay? Sure, Grandma Griffle said. Then she fixed him with a probing stare. So yeah, you wanna hook up. Randy reco- recoiled, stared at her wide-eyed, then softened finally he shrugged sure he said what the hell groovy grandma griffle said and took his hand how are you though i i bite i know randy said i still have the scars gnarly grandma griffle said then they turned towards the bonfire and watched as the younger people made asses themselves the end that's great thank you i so yeah need to clean it up a bit but that was kind of fun (laughs)
3: that
0: was fun that was fun that was fun how how soon as you were writing it did you come up with the story itself
2: um i didn't know what she wanted until we got to me uh, describing where she was in school and not knowing what she wanted to do. And that's when I realized, I need to give her something to want that she has to go after, and then she has to feel like she's lost and then gained. And that's when I went, oh, I can use one of her teachers. And I didn't know until that last conversation that she and Randy had dated before. And that's when I went, oh, that makes perfect sense,
0: so. That that did, and that explains why he treated her the way he did
2: yeah in class so yeah it was all pretty much seat of the pants out of my butt so
0: yes yes and everybody listening uh either via the podcast or on youtube if you're watching us um that's what you have to do when you're when you want to just sit down and write off the cuff don't think about it just write and so often, like Tony said, so often, all of a sudden, you'll realize that you've been working toward a goal you didn't realize was there. And then everything will come together if you just let it. You know, it, like with mine, I had no idea why she was standing out in front. Uh, I knew she was going to set the trash can on fire, but I didn't know why. And then as I was writing, I realized, oh, okay, they stole all the thingies. Emily was putting putting them back. She had them already. She'd left obviously without her and, and okay. And then she jumped yeah. the gun and didn't wait long enough to find out it was fine. Yeah. So you never know what you're going to come up with. We all had the same thing and we all wrote something extremely different. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: um, and, and, and you know, just really neat, different settings too. Like, you know, um, yours, Melissa, was, you know, pretty much on campus. Tim's, you know, he brought it outside of that and, and set the whole thing at the bonfire. We have kind of a mix of those, you know, with, with Tony's in mind where it's like there was, you know, a few things on campus, but but not really. You didn't give us any real settings on campus. You just, you really set her at the bonfire. So, but what was also neat is the, um, you know, the variety of, you know, ages and, um, gender, you know, I mean, like the fact that you gave this, this grandmother this second chance of going back to school was really refreshing and neat too, that we had this unconventional character. So, um, I love, I love hearing, I love us all taking the same things and just seeing where it goes. Cool. Yeah.
0: Whoever came up with that, one of you came up with that last time and it was a great idea. Yeah. I think, I think from now I- on we'll do that. It's just It's yeah, shows you the different things you can come up with if you just let yourself go some. So that that is pretty much it for this week. So let's just run around again and 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 um, check in with everybody here. And um, I know, let's see, Tony does not have books out yet, but
2: I'm I'm on chapter thirty-three of fifty of my first novel, and I'm already doing some prep work on my second, and I have to start doing prep work with you ours. So so yeah.
1: Busy, busy,
0: busy. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. And uh, Lisa is my co-author for our roller Prompt series, and we will have links in the show notes for those books. Uh, that you can, if you are a, a writer and you are interested in coming on the show, just um, drop me a note in the show notes, or I'll have my email listed, and you can send me an email if you would like to join us one time. And then we have Tim, and and run us through again how people can find your your books, Tim.
3: Sure. So. My name's Tim Kiver. My website's timkiver.com. Uh, my first book is Cypher's Quest. It's a lit RPG science fiction and fantasy mashup. Uh, it's kind of like uh, the tone of Dune and Stargate if they discovered a universe where Final Fantasy and Age of Empires uh, were the okay. rules that they had to follow. Got so, it. um, got book it cool. One is on Kindle and paperback and... Uh, Podium is going to be producing the series, so I'm excited for that here in the next few months.
0: Oh, fantastic! That's audio version then. Mhm. Oh, yeah, fantastic! It's not
3: ready yet, but uh, Podium is going to do it. So.
0: Oh, that's I'm great! Very excited. That's great. That's great. Okay. Well, that that's it for this time. And uh, thanks everybody for joining us. And like I said, if you are interested, let us know. We're always looking for people to come on and play. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks, everybody. Thank you to Tim and Tony and Lisa for coming on today. It was so much fun. As always, I love to hear the stories that people come up with. And it has been really interesting to be doing the same prompt for all of us each time instead of something different, just to see the direction that everybody takes their stories. If you want to come on, if you are a writer and you want to join us, just let me know. If you have a book that I should be reading, let me know. I want to hear it. And uh, you can contact me with my email, uh, bookscubed.info at gmail.com. And I'll try to remember to put it in the show notes. I think I forgot last time. And that is it. If you uh, want to do a comment and you're on the podcast, uh, go down to the show notes and click on comment. It takes you over to our YouTube channel and you can comment there and I will see it. Uh, If you... Oh, we are on Instagram. By we, I mean me. We are on Instagram. You can find us there to comment or recommend books or whatever. And that is it for this time. I have a great couple of shows coming up in the next few weeks. I'm really excited to share these authors with you guys. So uh, tune in again if you want to make sure you don't miss anything make sure to uh, subscribe. If you are on YouTube, make sure that you not only subscribe, but you ring that little bell. It's somewhere on the screen. You guys probably know more than I do, and I really should know. I will try to figure it out. Uh, But there's supposed to be a little bell that you can ring, and it will tell you every time there's a new show. And you won't miss any of these great authors that you should be reading. I will see you next time. Go read a good book.